0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 110 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Marjorie Taylor Green episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokitansky, Julian Fields, and Travis View.
1: Of all the public figures who have supported QAnon, Marjorie Taylor Green might be getting the best ride of them all. If you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, you'll have followed her unlikely bid for Georgia's 14th congressional district and watched her pulverize her Republican opponent by a more than 20 point margin in the primary and follow that by running unopposed in the general. Her meteoric rise presages a wave of Trump inspired conspiracy theorists and far right extremists who may, like her, be pragmatic and vicious enough to succeed where the president fell short. This week we saw the trending of phrases like Jewish space lasers and a new examination of our favorite congresswoman. But it seems like the media class is meeting Marjorie for the first time. So we wanted to help you by just giving you a bit more of a a fully painted portrait. And for that, we've hired one of the best painters I've ever met, Travis Few, who's brought his oil paints. I see him setting them up. I see him mixing them. Take it away, dear sir.
2: Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now let's start at the most important part. Marjorie Taylor Greene blocked me on Twitter in November of 2020, as was her right. However, it stopped being her right when she continued to block me from her account, which she used for government business after she was sworn in on November 3rd, 2021.
1: Why do I even bother writing semi-serious intros Hold for on. you? <laughs> then it became a violation of my First Amendment right. <laughs> Yeah, this is the the Travis View late-blooming libertarian podcast. (laughs) Like many
2: people who fight for their rights, I was besieged by naysayers and hecklers. (laughs) But I was nonetheless determined to rectify this injustice. And so with the help of my lawyer, Benjamin Gold, I sent a strongly worded letter to Marjorie Taylor Greene on January 22nd. Finally, on January 27th, after almost an entire week of waiting, vindication was mine. She unblocked me, giving me the freedom to deliver my patented quips towards her yet again.
1: You were just muted, Travis. <laughs> I know that this is a new
2: platform for you. My victory has inspired many who asked how to
1: contact my lawyer.
2: <laughs> this is true. This <laughs> poor
1: guy used to be a lawyer and now he's just doing like a Q, uh, fans of the QAnon Anonymous podcast uh, uh, Unblock Me Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Green. Just a series of them. Are you guys going to do a class action?
2: Uh, well, maybe not. I mean, actually, <laughs> when I asked him if I could pass out his contact information, um, he told me, and I'm quoting here oh boy, not sure if I want to become the lawyer for posters. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, listen. Why have you say, been saying his name so many times? Benjamin, <laughs> you, you read know, the letter on stream. His destiny phone number was on it.
2: you, all right? This is your path.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. After being done with his lawyer, who successfully uh, got him to unblock, he has now turned on him. <laughs> Benjamin, th- you know, it is your destiny. <laughs> this is Batman. The vengeance is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We apologize in advance to Benjamin Cole. Benjamin, great lawyer, did amazing work. I thank you so much. I, th- I thank you so much. I now sick my followers <laughs> on you. Now, apparently, you are ashamed of what you've done. <laughs> you want to do it no longer. And I understand that.
0: I respect that. Yeah, ho boy. <laughs> There's a lot in that.
2: That rocks. To celebrate this triumph of civil rights, I thought we'd take a look at the woman who inspired it all, Representative Marjorie. Taylor Green and her ascension from growing up wealthy in Georgia to developing a following by being a conspiracy theorist in middle age to leveraging that following to reach the heights of Congress. She was born on May 27, 1974, in Milledgeville, the daughter of Robert Taylor, founder and owner of Taylor Commercial, a construction company based in Alpharetta, Georgia. She married her husband Robert Green in 1995 and they had three children. Robert Taylor sold the company to her daughter and son-in-law in 2002. Since then, according to Green, the company has managed a quarter of a billion dollars in construction projects. She also owned and sold her own CrossFit gym. It has been alleged that her family life wasn't all it appeared to be. Journalist Charles Bethea for The New Yorker reported that she has been accused of having multiple extramarital affairs. He spoke to one of the men who claims to have had an affair with her and showed the reporter screenshots of text conversations in which Green acknowledged sleeping with him. When the reporter brought this up with Green, she referred him to her attorney L. Lynn Wood, which of course... Lynwood would uh, be the attorney for Marjorie Taylor Greene.
1: So, of course. Okay, are you gonna get to a part where she's not cool, or? <laughs> well, I. <laughs> uh,
2: I mean, I mean, apparently, some of the <laughs> the reasons some of these men came forward to the reporters is because she, uh, her, her public face isn't exactly how she actually behaves in her real life. You know, she. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some people might have been content to run a successful construction company they inherited and spend time with their family, but Green wanted more. So she started getting involved in online conspiracy theories. She wrote for the now-defunct right-wing conspiracy theory website, American Truth Seekers. Now, what really struck me about that website is that its logo, which uh, depicts a swole, anthropomorphic bald eagle wearing a skimpy tank top and camel pants. Yeah, it's like a really built eagle. (laughs) Just just absolutely punishing body. Have have
1: people... Like, did that journalist check that the person on the phone wasn't, in fact, the giant anthropomorphic eagle that I don't slept think with Marjorie?
2: Who, who's also holding binoculars for
1: some reason. <laughs> <Yes. with> well, <laughs> he's seeking eagles. the truth, but it's far off. Gotcha. <laughs> the truth is very far. In <laughs> fact, this is a perfect metaphor for QAnon. When the truth is right in front of you, take out your binoculars.
2: <laughs> on American Truth Seekers, Green wrote at least 59 articles under the pseudonym Elizabeth Camp. There we see the trait Marjorie Taylor Greene is now most famous for, a willingness to promote Any conspiracy theory she comes across, even if it's baseless, anti-Semitic, or just helps cover up white nationalist murders.
1: Or just like she wants to feel good about herself so she'll like draw something in the snow and be like, ah, someone left a message that they like me here in Washington. (laughs) Like she does even those levels of lies. It's almost pathological.
2: It is pathological. She just... I mean, she reminds me actually of a lot of Trump in the sense that she's like a bullshitter and she doesn't believe there's really a meaningful distinction between truth and lies. I think what
1: distinguishes her style is that it's it's more angry and physical and vicious than Trump. Like, really, with Trump, you know, if you have... Unless you're, like, under the spell, you're basically looking at what you're looking at, which is, you know, like a guy who did reality TV and, like, to complain about Vanity Fair parties. Right. And is kind of, like, you know, like, spinning through life. Really
2: kind of like a New York fop in that yeah,
1: sense. Yeah, and he's just kind of up there, like, you know, dancing to YMCA or whatever. Marjorie's not that. No. Marjorie will crack your skull open. <laughs>
2: In one August 2017 blog post, Green promoted the conspiracy theory that claimed that events surrounding the Unite the Right march in Charlottesville were an inside job to further the agenda of the elites.
1: Yeah, I saw um, George Soros drop by and and give him all tiki torches.
2: In that post, Green cited a different blog post from Your Newswire, which is a, a fake news website that is most famous for helping spark the Pizzagate conspiracy theory in 2016. So she's really dipping into like the worst, most toxic sources that she can possibly use. Green speculated that this agenda included a coordinated war by former President Barack Obama and other Democratic operatives to overthrow
0: Trump from power. Here's what Green wrote. What would be the agenda of the elites? Hmm. Remember, Barack Obama's roots are in community organizing. As a matter of fact, that's about all he did before he became president. It's also been reported that Obama has an office set up in Washington, D.C. that is being run like a war room with daily meetings. What would they be up to? I don't know. I guess not speaking
1: out in public against Trump. Yeah, right. Despite his enormous amount of credibility with uh, a large segment of the population.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, what's amazing about this is that uh, she's also basically alleging basically an Obama shadow presidency kind of conspiracy theory. Well, he's like, you know, uh, still pulling kind of strings and still kind of kind of like puppet master.
1: Yeah, he has his own little like those tents that you can't penetrate with uh, listening equipment, but he's set up like in the basement of the White House and he's just (laughs) listening
2: to Trump all day. Green also questioned whether the actions of the white nationalist who rammed his car into 19 people and killed one woman
0: were intentional or not, and said that he may have just done this out of fear. Whether this is true or not, it is beyond tragic that James Alex Fields Jr. rammed his car into the crowd, killing one and injuring 19 others. If it was intentional and premeditated, then he deserves to be held accountable. Yet, if this was a reaction out of fear and hitting the crowd was actually an accident, then that changes the narrative of what happened in Charlottesville this past weekend.
2: Classic conspiracist move is like where you, you obscure the truth by at, by creating a narrative that could be true mm-hmm. like if you don't know anything at all.
1: Or even I mean, it's in this kind of case, it wins. um, It's a win to just even have two sides presented. Yes, You know what I mean? To just kind of have it be, well, there's this side. But if it's this, it's this. And that already is a pretty big win.
2: Fields was later convicted of first degree murder and nine other charges, and he pleaded guilty to twenty nine federal hate crimes. He was sentenced to life in prison in both federal court and Virginia state court. Marjorie Taylor Greene's work with American truth seekers shows that she was into QAnon-style theories before Q made a single drop. Also in August of 2017, she published a post titled Mueller Impaneled Grand Jury to Go After Clinton. This is the Mueller white hat theory, which would become popular with some of the earliest QAnon followers. So this also kind of shows how like, Q really just sort of sucked up the kind of conspiracy theories that are floating in the conspiracist ecosystem, Mm -hmm. just like she's doing here. She also promoted Pizzagate conspiracy theories. One article from September of 2017, a month before the first Q drops, is titled Must Read Democratic Party Involved with Child Sex, Satanism and the Occult.
1: Yeah. And honestly, those fucking articles were there in the 80s, too. Yeah, right. Almost word for word. (laughs) Bircherite papers probably published this exact fucking title. This shit is nonstop in the culture. So she was just enmeshed, deep in
2: online conspiracy theory world when Q came around. And as a consequence, she was one of the first adopters of QAnon. She hopped on the Q train in November of 2017, within a month of the arrival of Q on 4chan. According to a video she uploaded to Facebook Live that month, She was introduced to QAnon by Pizzagate and Q promoter Liz Kroken.
3: And Q is telling us he's an anonymous source and he's on 4chan and More and more people are starting to talk about him. Um, I first heard about him from Liz Crokin and just saw some of her posts, and she's been yelling all along that Mueller wears a white hat. She's been saying all along that he is a good guy in this and he's really going after um, the swamp creatures and that it's under the guise that he's looking into Trump-Russian collusion. Um, So if she's correct, gosh, she's, you know she's going to be winning big, so I think that's awesome.
2: She was not correct. (laughs) In that video, she revealed that she was all in on QAnon, sincerely believing that Q was some kind of insider source.
3: Q is a patriot. He is someone that is very much loves his country, and he's on the same page as us, and he is very pro-Trump, okay? Now, he appears to have connections at the highest levels, all right? He's posted many things that seem to verify that he is the real deal, all right? So many of—it's it's not just someone poking in the dark, messing with people.
1: It's interesting that she immediately decides Q is uh, he. And, oh, And just course. like, yeah, there's okay. some secret guy. And we, we don't know that, but it's very problematic of you, Marjorie. <laughs>
2: She bought into one popular and totally false claim in QAnon that there are thousands of sealed indictments that are just waiting to be unsealed.
3: And then also the other clue is, which I talked about earlier in this video, is the large number of sealed federal indictments, which is now at 4,289, which is just unheard of. It's it's such a massive amount. Okay, so now – Q has put out there that many high level officials will soon be arrested and it will actually be the drain the swamp scenario that we have we have always been wanting to happen.
2: So, I mean, what's interesting about that is that she was saying, oh, my gosh, four thousand sealed indictments. This is before it got to 100,000. And uh, yes, of course, she's also uh, salivating at the prospect of so many people getting arrested and swept away in the storm. She also referenced a WikiLeaks email in trying to cite evidence of high-level satanic worship. Now, she gets a lot of things wrong about this email, including the name of the person who wrote it. But this is what she claims.
3: Is it true? Is the type of corruption we're going to see come out, is it going to be satanic worship that— possibly all these people are involved in. I mean, we already saw there was an email came out of the WikiLeaks emails where Cheryl, was it Cheryl Moles? And she told Hillary Clinton in an email that she was going to sacrifice a chicken to Moloch in her backyard. Who says that kind of stuff? Like that's not, nobody says that. Um, but that was proof right there that there's possible satanic worship and maybe that all these scary things that, that people talk about on what's considered conspiracy th- conspiracy sites and conspiracy theories really may be true, um, but that's that's what Q has been telling everyone.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna just say right here, Marjorie, I give permission to all elected uh, uh, officials to partake in only one form of corruption, and that is satanic worship. <laughs> worship whatever you want. If you want to sacrifice chickens in your backyard. Absolutely go at it. Stop all the rest of the stuff. That's the (laughs) problem.
2: You're right. Like as far as all the things that they're accusing people of, like they're accusing people of uh, sexually abusing children, but the things that, but but also here she's sort of recoiling at
1: the thought of killing a chicken. Folks, they hate Christ. (laughs) Yeah. Folks, you can hurt Christ by killing chickens. Right. It's that easy. That's why we've set up poultry <laughs> poultry farms across the nation right. to to worship Moloch in the in the utmost style with the smallest possible cages and the most antibiotics.
2: Even though they, you're right, there's nothing that wrong about that. She gets everything about that wrong. So the email green references is not from Cheryl Mills. It was actually from a different state department employee named Lewis Amsalem. But uh, she
1: also got the name wrong. She said Malls. All right. <laughs> so on top of the wrong person also gets the name wrong,
2: but I, I can uh, sort of understand why she got confused because the email, if you if you look at it in WikiLeaks, it was it was forwarded multiple times. Uh, that that email from Lewis Anselm was forwarded uh, from someone named Craig Kelly, who forwarded it to Cheryl Mills, who then forwarded it to Hillary Clinton. So just so it's very confusing. So uh, if you forward this ten times, you will uh, you will
1: have great luck in the upcoming days. <laughs> the
2: federal government apparently. <laughs> So, Absalom did write that line about Moloch, but in context, it's clearly a joke. Um, So, what's going on is that he's writing about some diplomatic efforts in Honduras in order to express that he hopes for the best. Absalom writes, with fingers crossed, the old rabbit's foot out of the box in the attic. I will be sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Moloch.
1: A lot of Satanists write like that on Twitter. Yeah, right, right. They talk about their lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, Yeah. they like to just type it out and say, This is what I'm going to do tonight. I plan on having a Snickers bar. I'm going to kill a Christian, and then I'm going to eat a child.
2: (laughs) Also, uh, interestingly, is that that today Louis Anselm is a MAGA guy. So uh, on his Twitter bio, Hmm. he says, proud, deplorable, conservative slash libertarian. So they're accusing a MAGA guy of being a Satanist unwittingly.
1: Uh, You're saying they can't reform? If you you apologize to Jesus, he'll let it go.
0: Yeah, he'll... He won't care about all the the <laughs> chicken carcasses left in your, uh, you know, left in your compost heap mm-hmm. uh, behind the house, as long as you pledge your undying allegiance to MAGA and to Trump and to libertarianism. To be perfectly honest,
1: and to the Christian God, and 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 not, Christ, not, you drink his blood. Eat his not body. your version though, not that. Only Old Testament type of God, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Not the kind of just unlucky Jew who's a good carpenter <laughs> who, you know, f- you know found unlucky. himself with some radical ideas.
1: Uh, yes, that's a good Onion article. Unlucky Jew crucified. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Green also echoed the anti-Semitic canards of QAnon, claiming that the Rothschilds and George Soros were the puppet masters of global evil.
3: Um, Something else he has talked about is an interesting triangle. Saudi Arabia, the Rothschilds, and Soros, he says, are the puppet masters that fund this global evil. Okay, so I... Definitely would believe that.
2: <laughs> yeah. You would, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Would. You would. Mm-hmm. You would believe just about anything. Definitely. So, I mean, I just wanted like emphasize like all the things that were sort, I suppose, are like kind of coming out about Marjorie Taylor Greene. None of this is new. Mm-hmm. The anti-Semitism, the defending the the white nationalist stuff, the general lunacy, the willingness to believe any conspiracy theory, no matter how poorly evidenced. It was obvious, you know, before she even ran in the primary. In that video, she says that the Q operation is a matter of good versus evil.
3: Now, Q also, um, now he's on 4chan. You can go there and look at all this stuff yourself. It's all there. So what is the level of importance of this operation? I, this level of importance of this operation is good versus evil. And... If you've been alive on this earth long enough, you know that good versus evil is is real. Okay? It's not just in the movies, it's not in Star Wars. It, it's real.
1: She gains nothing by this video at this point. This is not a propaganda piece. She's not like trying to run some fucking op. She looks like she's like, oh wow, I just discovered this thing, and this is fucking so fucked up. And oh my god, like she's totally out of control. And then she gets volition. But that's, like, way further down the line, kind of. Like, there's no grab for power here. This is a person being pilled. Because these, these stories that she's hearing from QAnon match the stories she's heard growing up in her Christian background. She's looking around. There's Christian extremism in the movies. There's military extremism in the movies. There's all of this worship for a good guy versus bad guy, like, simplified narratives. And she wants to make it real now.
0: Yeah. But you know what's funny is that it's like... It's not enough to believe it from the movies, which have high production value, you know, big actors, you know, w- you know, in some cases well-written dialogue. It's like that got her started, but what put her over the edge, that that all of this is definitively real is like a blurry jpeg on some fucking yeah. godforsaken board. It's like what yes. the movies weren't good enough, but like what's really sort of like, you know, tipped your hat in this direction is like the addition to the movie narrative of like a a a, a very low production, yeah. low budget sort of imagery.
1: And by the time she runs, there's no trace of this person. She's not in a discovery phase. She's not learning about the world. She already has a set ideology and point of view, and she is doing pragmatic things to get that done, as well as... She's unable to hide that she still is the same person, but it's not the same uh, stage at all. Like, you know, we're not looking right now at de-radicalization of a QAnon believer. We are looking at an overt fascist that was radicalized through the belief system of QAnon and is now running for government on a valid platform because people want this. Voters want this. They're not horrified by this video. A lot of them are like, well, interesting. I guess she's a bit fringe. Like that's the general sentiment. You at home, you might be listening and going, That's so obvious to me. But that's not that's not how most of America grows up. That's no. not the messages they're receiving. You know, they don't turn on Rachel Maddow. Like they don't fucking care about any of your world view. People will vote for her and elect her and you won't be a part of it. You're right. not in that discussion.
2: The thing is that is that in America, if we really believe we are a representative democracy, she would be in Congress. It's a natural outgrowth of the fact that we are representative democracy and there are people uh, who she represents, the kinds of thinking that she represents.
1: Yes, because she wants to unseat the liberals and the Jews, restore the military. Mm. She wants to do the actual things. It's no longer about posting for her. Mm. She's way beyond any call to action that QAnon would would push because QAnon only pushes posting almost, Uh, you know, even when they're talking talking about moving to action and being soldiers. It's always within the context of just posting. Green
2: also said that Q made her optimistic that Trump would finally bring down the hammer on the global pedophile cabal, which she mispronounces as cable.
3: Q is anonymous, but he seems to be completely for the good. He is seems to be totally on Trump's side and he seems to be very high up and connected. So because of those things, I'm becoming more hopeful and I'm not being as pessimistic and I'm trying to stop saying that's never going to happen because I really think it might happen. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Now, there's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take this global cable of Satan-worshipping pedophiles out. And I think we have the president to do it. And so I'm very excited about that.
0: You could tell in her face and her voice that she is—she can't help but let that smile yeah. sort of creep oh. on. It brings her true joy, thinking uh-huh. that, you know— yeah that, you know, Satan's bedfellow, Hillary Clinton, uh, is going to, you know, face the rope. She also
2: describes being pessimistic. Pessimism in this world is not believing there's going to be a military crackdown that that cleanses the world of evil and destroys your enemies. So everything you heard there, that's 2017. In 2018, she followed QAnon promoters on Twitter. For example, when uh, Jordan Sather tweeted a screenshot of a new Q drop on June 3rd, 2018, Green called a particular decode brilliant, and the decode is apparently turning it upside down. And it looks like the words are in the shape of a gun. This is when this is when Q got into concrete poetry, mm-hmm. started playing with form a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, earlier in uh, April of two thousand eighteen, she makes reference to a New York woman named Rachel Chandler, who's often falsely accused of being involved in the Epstein ring by Q followers. In one tweet, Green says. Are we confident that Rachel Chandler is going to be investigated? Now, this is really interesting to me because it shows me that like she is like deep uh, into like yeah. Pizzagate and QAnon lore. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not like a she's not like a Facebook level casual, right? right she's yeah. like she's getting into like the individual storylines. I am curious if she's ever been on the boards. Honestly.
1: I mean, she said, go to 4chan, you can see it. Yes, As right. if she had done yeah. that. That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. Yeah. She's yeah,
0: been, I do, I do been on the boards. She's B.O.B. She might be
2: our first channer member of Congress, honestly. Yeah, she's,
1: she does fall perfectly into the category that we discussed on the previous episode of this kind of lay person who's not necessarily in Chan culture, but is interested in specific Ops like the output of specific ops that are being run on the chan and then they come to there They don't understand the culture. They don't understand, uh, you know, how people lie there how people build threads In fact, they even instantly misinterpret baking and and crumbs and stuff like that, which are just misused chan terms Uh, But they're participating because they're doing videos like this on Facebook. This is the reach It's the next step 4chan Then it goes 4chan laymen who are willing to carry it to social media. And then it goes, if you're lucky, media, Fox News.
2: Media Matters uncovered that in November of 2018, Marjorie Taylor Greene promoted the conspiracy theory that wildfires in California were ignited by blue lasers from space, Mm -hmm. and further, this was part of a plot between the energy company PG&E, then Governor Jerry Brown, and the investing firm Rothschild Inc. The goal of which was to defraud California and clear a path for the proposed high-speed rail project. So. This is the famous Jewish space lasers conspiracy theory, which mm-hmm. was, uh, was, was trending on Twitter for a while. Yeah. Another Facebook post from April of 2018 involves a commenter asking, now do we get to hang them when speaking about Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton? Green responded,
0: Stage is being set. Players are being put in place. We must be patient. This must be done perfectly, or liberal judges would let them off. Islamophobia is also part of the
2: repertoire of bigotries that Marjorie Taylor Greene holds.
1: She's got quite a... Yeah, she's got quite a full... (laughs) A buffet. She
2: she has diverse skill sets, let's say. In 2019, Green visited the U.S. Capitol and falsely claimed that representatives Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib are illegitimate House members because they swore an oath on the Koran. She also unsuccessfully tried to get them to retake their oaths on the Bible.
3: You know, we're going to explain about how you can't swear in on the Koran and we're yeah. going to have the Bible and ask them if they would swear in on the Bible mm-hmm. that we really we need have them. The oath. Yeah, we, we really have do the do. oath. Yep. So, I think no, that's important.
1: No, the sad no, no. thing is, now you, you're, they can infringing, swear. In they we, you're, you're infringing on our religion. You're infringing on our religion by saying that we can't swear in on our... law.
3: But when they swore in, it wasn't a law yet, right?
1: So
3: At the time they swore in. I don't know. I think at the time they swore in, that wasn't passed. Yeah. Because it wouldn't have been passed in a Republican controlled. Right. Yeah, so it was passed after they swore in. So, they're not really official, I don't think. So let's go ask them to swear in in the Bible, because, like you that, said, well, I'm. Has to be the Holy Bible. I, yeah, it has to be the Bible.
1: Well, the bottom line is, it, is, yeah. yeah. law bottom line is Sharia yeah. law is not compatible
3: with, with America. Yep. The
1: That's the law bottom, law bottom law
3: line. Is. That's the bottom line.
1: How can you say you represent women but you support Sharia law? So, so this this is another example, by the way, because it's just a random person dialoguing with with her here. Uh, why the dialogue doesn't. Work because by by speaking to her about this of like, hey, why wouldn't you be able to do it on the Quran, which is perfectly sensible, but it it validates her first point, which is they swore it on the Quran, false, uh, and, and so just by having the conversation someone overhearing it will be like well interesting i've learned a couple things and two sides to a re- to 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 a reality but the truth is uh they didn't swear in and also there is no law saying it has to be on the bible not only that the
2: constitution explicitly forbids religious tests for holding office this is like one of the things that are baked into the constitution it has to be a secular function right yeah. so i mean you're right she's she's so far off and it frustrates me because like all these people they get to sort of like you know the uh, uh, Act like they are constitutional conservatives, like they revere the Constitution, but like sort of the liberal democratic values of the Constitution, they can just ignore, pretend that it doesn't exist because it doesn't fall in line with their Christo fascist, basically a worldview. In 2019, she also visited Washington, D.C. in order to lobby for gun rights. While there, she came across David Hogg, a survivor of the 2018 shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School, which killed 17 people and left 17 more injured. David Hogg walked away from her while she chased after him and said that she carried a gun.
3: David, why are you supporting the red flag laws? If there had been, if Scott Peterson, the resource officer at Parkland had done his job, then Nicholas Cruz wouldn't have killed anybody in your high school or at least protected them. Why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our second amendment rights? And why are you using kids to get to as a barrier? Do you not know how to defend your stance? Look, I'm an American citizen. I'm a gun owner. I have a concealed carry permit. I carry a gun for for protection for myself, and you are using your lobby and the money behind it and the kids to try to take away my Second Amendment rights. You don't have anything to say for yourself?
1: Ugh, Marjorie. No one invited you to the fucking party, dude. You're a fucking bummer
0: that's such a bummer video. She has like a nice kid.
1: like pink purse and she's just literally harassing children that have, that have seen hey, them people shot. Be like, hey, yeah, you watched
0: your classmates get murdered. Like, why? I have a gun, why why gun you on do, me. I have a gun on yeah, me. Really.
2: Don't chase children who've survived a school <laughs> yeah. shooting and talk about your gun. I feel like it's not that David Hogg is above, you can criticize him. Yeah, do whatever just you don't want. Don't chase school shooting victims. Yeah,
1: yeah. with guns. With, with guns. guns. While telling them you have guns. Like it's just basic stuff and also your purse is nasty, honey. <laughs>
2: In that same video, she called Hogg a coward and claimed that he was receiving George Soros money.
1: She also says that the children- why are you using children as a barrier? Like, showing exactly what it is. She wants to get something accomplished and the the poor dead kids are just in the way. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She really is pure malevolence.
3: That was David Hogue, right there. David, we saw him inside the Senate building. He had 30 30, um, appointments where he ran around and got to talk to senators. I got to talk to none. None. He had media coverage all over the place. I had zero. Guess what? I'm a gun owner. I'm an American citizen. And I have nothing but this guy with his George Soros funding and his major liberal funding has got everything. I want you to think about that. That's where we are. And he's a coward.
2: She was also still deep into QAnon shit, implying that the members of the gang MS-13 had murdered Democratic staffer Seth Rich. So this is a conspiracy theory that's ripped straight from a Q-drop.
3: MS-13, everyone. Under Obama came MS-13. There's a lot to that. You have to understand. There's, they, have very good, they had very good relationships with MS-13. MS-13 was basically like, they were the kind of the henchmen. Of the Obama administration. They did a lot of the dirty work. Seth Rich. Seth Rich was murdered by two MS-13 gang members. That's what I mean by dirty work, okay?
2: She claimed that there was a secret 16-year plan to destroy the country. Again, 100% QAnon.
0: 100% QAnon. Language, too. I mean, that's a direct quote from some of the drops.
3: Now, they had a plan. They had a plan. This wasn't an eight-year plan. The Radical Transformation of America was not an eight-year plan. It was a 16-year plan, and the plan the second half of the 16 years, the next eight years, was supposed to happen under Hillary Clinton.
2: She also promoted the Clinton body count conspiracy theory that Hillary Clinton murdered JFK Jr. in 1999. Now, technically, this conspiracy theory predates QAnon, but it was featured in a Q drop, and I believe she probably heard about it from QAnon.
3: She has to run for Senate, right? So she runs for Senate in New York City. Okay, So she becomes senator um, in New York City. And yes, I could dive into uh, Kennedy getting killed in the plane crash because isn't it interesting that he had announced he was going to run for Senate just before he died in a mysterious plane crash. But anyway, so that's another one of those um, Clinton murders, right?
2: I I love this because she goes from a, isn't that interesting? But then she goes like... But he was murdered by Hillary Clinton.
0: (laughs) And it's just another one of them Clinton murders.
2: (laughs) This brings me to Green's turn from being an extremely pilled woman online to becoming a congressional candidate. Marjorie didn't originally run in the 14th district. She actually first campaigned to represent the 6th congressional district in Georgia, where she originally lived. But then the representative from the 14th, Tom Graves, announced that he would not be running for re election. So Marjorie Taylor Greene announced her switch to the 14th district uh, like a week later. This was in December of 2019. This so, is what they call carpet bagging. Yeah, this, this is pure carpet bagging. Uh, but apparently, but according to state rules, uh, one need only be a resident of the state of Georgia to run in any district. So this was allowed.
1: Uh, Mr. Construction Daddy, I will have one house, please.
2: The 14th district is fairly new. It's a portion of rural Northwest Georgia, and it was created as part of a redistricting plan formed after the 2010 census. Now, there are lots of reasons why it is a solidly Republican district. Mm -hmm. 85% of the 14th's approximately 700,000 residents are white. Around 15% have graduated from college and most earn well below the national median income. The vast majority adhere to some version of Protestant Christianity. Three quarters of the district's residents voted Donald Trump in 2016, and more than 6,000 once signed an online petition to save a local statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest, who was most famous for being the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Many politically active citizens in the area identify as Tea Party Republicans. During the Republican primary campaign, her main competition was the neurosurgeon John Cowan, but she had the advantage of having a better social media game and more money. Green gave roughly a million dollars to her campaign, and she also got crucial support from the House Freedom Fund, which has ties to Jim Jordan, one of Trump's uh, most prominent allies in Congress, and to Mark Meadows, who was then Trump's chief of staff. It was during this primary campaign that Green aired her most famous ad. It depicts her driving into an open field in a Hummer pickup truck, mounting an AR-15 rifle on the bed, and then shooting words which state things that she hates.
3: I'm running to stop gun control. Open borders. The Green New Deal. And socialism. Democrats fight for their socialist agenda every single day. I'll fight even harder to stop them. I'm Marjorie Greene, Republican for Congress. Save America, stop socialism.
2: Now, uh, her primary opponent, uh, Dr. John Cowan, actually also shoots a gun in one of his television uh, campaign ads. But he only shoots it once and he shoots it at COVID-19, which it it really doesn't have the same punch.
1: I'm John Cowan. I operate on brains and backs. Helping President Trump defend our God-given rights is not brain surgery. But deranged Democrats and weak Republicans just don't get it. I can't give them brain transplants or a stiffer spine. But I'll help President Trump build that wall, protect our values, and stop Nancy Pelosi from ever getting her hands on this.
0: I'm John Cowan, and I approve this message.
1: He's like, I'm a doctor, but I'm dumb as rocks. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't feel threatened by my enormous brain. So,
2: I mean... Yeah, I mean, he shot
1: like a little plastic virus, like
2: yeah. This sounds like they <laughs> they're shooting toys. They, they did a little. They made a little COVID virus yeah. out of looks like pl- uh, plastic
1: cups. It's, it's mm-hmm. green and. um I mean, this did you l- see the recent article with this guy explaining how he's horrified at what happened with Marjorie?
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I yeah. Mean, yeah, but
1: please, hey, liberal media, welcome this guy to the resistance. I mean, this <laughs> guy, sounds good. I mean, yeah, here, here's
2: the funny thing. I mean, it's like, it's like this guy is like just as much of a lunatic as Marjorie Taylor <laughs> Greene, but that not maybe not quite as much. But the problem is that he's like educated. He's a neurosurgeon. Yeah. he's an elite, and he what he shoots COVID nineteen. People aren't uh, these people aren't scared of COVID nineteen. No. They don't even think it's real. Yeah. So here, in your ad, you're. Basically, Clay, you're basically bragging about how you're solving a problem that they don't even want to acknowledge exists. Cowan's campaign slogan was all of the conservative, none of the embarrassment. And this is true. I mean, this is like this is like, again, I think a real misreading I mean, of the of the fine people of Georgia's 14th district, because it implies that they're capable yeah. of embarrassment or there's something to be embarrassed about right. in Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't want to hear that, like the way she behaves is somehow shameful. They don't want to acknowledge you know shame exists. Mm-hmm. They want to just go all out and just be pure aggression. And that's why uh, she, she won. She won. Green kept pushing the envelope with her ads. During the campaign, she posted a picture of herself holding a rifle next to images of Congress members Omar, Tlaib, and Ocasio-Cortez. In the ad were the words, We need strong conservative Christians to go on the offense against these socialists who want to rip our country apart. This is clear holy war bullshit. white nationalist. I mean, it's ugly. The post was subsequently removed by Facebook for violating the platform's policy against inciting violence. But this is what the people wanted, and unsurprisingly, Green absolutely trounced Cowan in the primary election in August, winning 60% of the vote. Trump tweeted out his congratulations, calling her a future Republican star. I think quite accurately. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By winning the primary, means she had the congressional seat in the bag. But it seems as though Republican leadership recognized that her QAnon past was a liability. Let's say so they tried to get her to renounce QAnon during an interview with Fox Nation, which is their streaming service. But I don't think they they really did a successful job. <laughs> they couldn't really pry it out of her in the interview. She looks very uncomfortable. She's like in the corner of looks like a shed or something. Yeah, very strange. It's very strange. Um, and they uh, put
1: her in a porta potty as a timeout. Exactly. And they're like, are you ready yet for the interview where you say you've done a bad thing?
2: So I think exactly. I think that she she just it, being defensive and sort of apologizing and reflecting is not her natural state. She's pure aggression forward, 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 mm-hmm. forward. So in this state where she has to, like, acknowledge that she believes something was wrong, she's never done it once in her life. I bet <laughs> during that interview, she says that she didn't talk about QAnon during her campaign.
3: I think that's been the, the media's characterization of me. Um, never once during my campaign did I ever speak about uh, QAnon or, or Q. I
2: mean, that's true. That's true. She didn't talk about but mm-hmm. that's, that's not her announcement of QAnon. That's just mm-hmm. a strategic mm-hmm. choice that her campaign made. <laughs> she also, during the interview, says that she chose a different path. She's very vague.
3: I had posted, talked about, uh, talked about on video things that I had had seen on cue. But really, really what made me change my mind is um, as a person that's worked hard all my life, I decided I chose a different path. And that's where I came to the place where I decided to run for Congress because I was so disappointed. And seeing Congress fail to do these things that they should be doing for the American people.
0: I was so sorry to see them fail at doing QAnon, essentially. It's it's, it's pretty
1: simple. She is now more powerful than Q. She has no need for it. She's severing the umbilical tie and she's going on her own. She's saying, I can make these claims. I have a better platform now. But she's not
2: even severing the cord. All all she's saying is like, listen, I posted about Q and now I'm running for Congress.
1: She's just telling her life story. She's still the exact child uh, of her father, Q. Right. But- (laughs) but she's like independent and rebellious now, you know? She's like, no, 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 I'm doing it better than you actually.
2: When asked about misinformation she saw from QAnon, she mentions that Q predicted that the midterms were safe in 2018. Uh, And she believed that uh, this was a prediction that the Republicans would retain control of Congress, which, of course, they didn't.
3: But then the midterms, you know, it was the midterms are safe, midterms weren't safe and Republicans lost control of the House. And now we have just seen um, nonstop divisiveness in Congress because Nancy Pelosi led the Democrats to impeach Trump in the House of Representatives and the trial in the Senate and and To me, that was infuriating and and it's wrong.
2: Again, that's not a denouncement of QAnon, like acknowledging misinformation from a particular source isn't a denouncement of that source. In fact, even dedicated QAnon followers believe that misinformation is necessary. So nowhere in this interview uh, did she denounce QAnon. and I want to emphasize this uh, partly because sometimes when uh, sometimes reporters, when they ask uh, the office of Marjorie Taylor Greene about her QAnon beliefs, her spokespeople say that she has renounced QAnon or she's left QAnon. On behind, and then the reporters they print this, and they don't like you know push it any further, like asking her like when, when, when was this renouncement? Come. In fact, she continued to promote QAnon after the midterms. Like she referenced Q drops. She actually references one Q drop that says uh fifty three forty seven, which uh, a lot of QAnon followers thought was a prediction of like the outcome of the uh, the Senate. So so she was not disillusioned with QAnon because of the midterm elections. There's no evidence of this. There's no evidence of her denouncing QAnon. In fact, uh, actually, she after she was elected, she promoted an article from uh, Andrew Torba, the CEO of Gab, which was totally pro. QAnon and like endorse its content so that was just like a couple months ago so i so if you see in an article that says that she has left QAnon behind or that that this, this is something part of her past it's a lie and if, and if you should bully any reporters who uh print that because it's just not true
1: please don't bully reporters <laughs>
2: <laughs> after she won her primary there's still technically one person standing in her way to congress our Democratic challenger Kevin Van Osdahl. At the time, Van Oswald was a 35-year-old IT professional with no political experience. And he seems like a decent guy. We actually we talked to him on the on the Twitch stream during the campaign. A Washington Post report tells the story of his brief 31-day long campaign. Unlike Green, Van Oswald is not a wealthy person. He actually used his IRS refund in order to pay the $5,000 filing fee to run for Congress. Van Osdalt wanted to focus his campaign on civility and uh, the ideal of the American dream. He wanted to connect with voters, telling his personal story of struggle and rising to the middle class. But it became increasingly clear that they couldn't ignore Marjorie Taylor Greene's insane behavior, so his campaign staff encouraged him to take a firmer stand and call out Greene directly. The Washington Post documented a really amazing exchange between Kevin Van Osdall and his deputy campaign manager, Ruth Demeter. Uh, in it, the deputy campaign manager is helping Van Osdall rehearse a draft statement condemning Green's rhetoric, and she is trying to encourage him to be mad which is apparently difficult for him because in his professional life he's accustomed to diffusing conflict which it makes sense normally in our everyday situations we want to get along with people so he has to you know uh, be be coached a little bit on seeming angry i want to act out this exchange so julian uh, so in this dialogue could you uh, play the uh, campaign manager and jake could you be kevin van allstall sure
1: mm-hmm. okay I-, I want you to breathe deeply a lot of your tonality will have to go down. There will be times when you're speaking about what Marjorie has done and you'll be angry. You'll need to be angry. So talk to me about the things about Marjorie that are dangerous and embarrassing and appear to disregard the 14th district.
0: Okay, well, it's really just the fear mongering. It's defining us. I don't think I ever told you this, but I said to a preacher early on, you know, Jesus wants us to come together and love each other regardless of our beliefs. So when we're fanning the flames of fear and violence. Okay, I love
1: fanning the flames of fear, but Kevin, I'm gonna tell you something right now that's really hard. This statement's about reaching people in the middle and a lot of them are Republicans. For them, the language about love and peace is bad, or just not in their wheelhouse. It's gotta be, this has got to stop. I'm calling this out. Okay. Try that enough is enough line.
0: Enough is enough. Wait. Enough is enough. Oh, I love that. Okay, I'm not going to act like this is a normal election. Oh, that's really good. Enough is enough. I I
1: can't, I can't. uh, This thing's so (laughs) amazing.
0: I don't think... (laughs) Van
2: Oslo was like, oh, yo, Jesus and peace and love is like, okay, that's not going to work. That's no, Cut that bullshit no, no. out. No, right now.
0: The Jesus that these people want is the one that hangs uh, their enemies uh, from a stick.
1: If Jesus ever saw Marjorie, you fucking shoot that bitch out the sky with a bazooka. That's right, Kevin. Come on. A little <laughs> more anger in your voice. <laughs> I will personally murder
0: Marjorie Taylor Greene with a hatchet.
1: <laughs> too much. Too much, Kevin. Too much.
2: While Kevin was practicing saying enough is enough with sufficient anger, Marjorie was on Facebook calling him a radical Democrat socialist communist. So the rage poured out of her naturally because she had spent years absorbing it through online conspiracist culture. On Kevin's Facebook videos, people left messages like, the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. The pressure of campaigning against a bonafide lunatic took a toll on his marriage, and on day 28 of the campaign, a sheriff's deputy knocked on his door and served him a petition for divorce, included an order she had obtained requiring him to leave the house immediately. On the 31st and final day of his campaign, he drove his Honda to live with his parents in Indiana, and his campaign staff issued a statement announcing that he would have to withdraw from the race. While going for a walk around his old neighborhood, Kevin Van Osdal reflected to the
0: Washington Post about how he got there. I wanted to be the voice of reason against fear. I wanted to draw attention to big issues in the district. My opponent, unfortunately, embraced QAnon beliefs. I saw her disgusting comments. I thought, she's basically talking like a terrorist. When I had to do that statement, I was scared. I'm being told I need to make a direct attack on groups who respond to people with violence, who glorify violence. My staff had monitored back channels and seen where Q people were making threats, and we talked about what to do about death threats. I felt out of control. I had no control. I felt unreal. I didn't know what to do with myself in the quiet. I felt uneasy. I felt I was on the rails and floating through. I was breaking down. I was just broken. I've really not been eating. I've been sleeping a lot, avoiding news. I blocked anyone talking ill about me. One or two said they want to punch me in the face. I'm worried the political situation is not going to get better. I worry we may not be able to turn it around. I knew Trump was a fascist and I knew he was going to destroy this country, but I didn't know how much. And Marjorie's only going to make it worse. I'm trying to stay away from it. Heartbreaking what happened to this guy. His
2: mistake was like, you know, having, you know, uh, you know, a sense of like optimism and then running against this person and just, you're right, it, it, it hurt him. He, he he gained nothing from this. It's, it doesn't it's help that
1: and they lost everything, it sounds yeah. like. They fucking gerrymandered that state until it was a fucking like hate cudgel that they could just arm and like aim at the Electoral College.
2: With Van Osdall out, that essentially meant Green could just cruise the victory unopposed. After she won the election, she immediately went to work trying to cast doubt on the democratic process those were the same ballots that elected her
1: i just want to point that out she's yes, exactly making conspiracy theories about the thing that made her win
2: yeah it's, it's it's whole it's totally absurd i mean it's i mean the thing is that trump really pioneered this honestly yes right when, yeah when he when he won and he said like actually it was all fraudulent the yes. election you won is fraudulent yeah and like 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 But yeah, but it proved that this is a, I guess, a successful way because it's it's a way to be anti-democratic because these people Mm -hmm. don't really believe in in democracy, but also exploit democracy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And also the victim position they know is the most powerful one. In fact, we just. Examined how that's so with the Christchurch inquiry episode with Annie. Yeah. So they know very well that there's no point looking like the aggressor. You always want to be in a victim state.
2: Marjorie ran Twitter videos that insisted that uh, the election was fraudulent, and then Trump actually won.
3: This is Marjorie Green. The American people reelected President Trump, but Democrats want to steal this election with fake mail-in ballots, dead people voting hidden vote counting, and rigged rules. And if they get away with it now, they'll steal two Senate seats in January. Joe Biden's agenda? End the filibuster. Add new Democrat states. Pack the Supreme Court and then it's all
2: over. Right before, and then it's all over, we see kind of like a a hybrid American-China flag.
1: Look under your seats, America. Everyone gets an abortion.
2: Since being elected, uh, Marjorie seems to be more interested in conducting outrageous stunts than uh, actually legislating. Uh, notably, uh, her election spent $207,000 to advertise on the currently down conservative social media site Parlor, like after she's won. Weird to keep spending campaign money after you've won an election.
1: It's almost like, yeah, the platform was always just a means. Yes, yeah. exactly. Absolutely. So
2: apparently Green's parlor spending uh, was earmarked as digital advertising for fundraiser. So ba- she was basically taking advantage of Stop the Steal, saying that the election is being stolen and you need to give me money to help fight it.
1: But she also knows that she wants a position as the most one of the most visible faces in the Republican caucus because yeah. they're not going to just give that to her. She's going to have to earn that with the media, and they have to play an active role. Fuck yes. And you've will. already de- described how they are, so good.
2: Marjorie also filed articles of impeachment on against Joe Biden on uh, January 21st. Uh, okay, zero chance of success, but it's not the point. It, like She understood quite correctly that this is something that's going to generate headlines.
1: Yeah, and she's also doing the Trump thing of never stop fundraising, never stop advertising. Yeah. Like, kind of always be running.
2: Over the past few weeks, lots of new comments made by Green have been uncovered, but like, honestly, who gives a shit? It's like the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. She's super pilled. she's anti-Semitic, and she just absorbs and spits out every conspiracy theory. As a consequence, 50 Democratic Congress members have have uh, called for her expulsion and two have actually called for her censure. Now, uh, expulsion requires two-thirds of the vote, so that is 100% not going to happen. Maybe she'll get censured uh, if they get every dem on board, but that will do nothing. She'll probably frame that and then use it in campaign ads. Yeah,
0: 100%.
1: Even if they don't like QAnon, they're not going to give up a fucking seat. Republicans oh, of course are not. ruthless. Yeah. No, they don't give a shit. No, 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 no.
0: And, and it's a no-brainer for them because QAnon policy directly over- Overlaps with Republican policy. I mean, there's really, there's a couple more fantastical elements, but they believe the same things to and some it's, degree.
1: It's actually, they also know that it's going to be useful in, because they actually want to negotiate as, as opposed to the Democrats who just uh, co- negotiate with themselves and come with something after. They come negotiating, and the way they do that is they push the Overton window of the entire kind of dialogue by having someone like Marjorie go up and be like, we should execute every Jew. And then it's like, let's just settle for making the NRA the new president. Okay. And it's like Democrats. Okay. You know, that's, that's what it is. It's very useful to have extremists. The only people who don't allow like extremists at all, or what they consider extremists, which is really just anybody left of center are the Democrats because they don't actually want to change the Overton window. They, that's not one of their projects in any way. In fact, they're almost, uh, incredibly naive for sentient adults.
0: Well, and we've seen that over these last few years is the extreme uh, far-right taking hold of the Republican Party has has pulled... Democrats further to the right and, and the places in which we are arguing from now is from oh, yeah. almost a barely left of center, yeah. you know, sort of point of view and and people get angry at you if you bring that up. I mean, it's, we are letting people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump control yeah. the limits of the, uh, of our demands as, as Democrats, liberals, progressives, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to call yourself. I
1: think the political spectrum of the dialogue right now is between Reaganism Kind of a classic '80s Reaganism and far right, like neo-Nazi <laughs> conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, <laughs> those are the two things. Like the two, like which one should it be? Uh.
2: So, which brings me to the topic of the future for Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, here's the thing about her is that she, as much as she is a lunatic, she understands basically the the media environment, right? She she can she can withstand any amount of attacks. You know, calling her names and pointing out the stuff that she uh, you know has believed before that doesn't hurt her. She loves it. She absorbs hate. She thrives on hate. Right? She mm-hmm. she you know she spits it right back at people. She loves to get in a scrap with everyone except for me, for some. Reason. Mm-hmm. But um, one day, one day, I'm going to get into a Twitter scrap. I mean, here's, the, I guess, the conundrum. <laughs> I guess we faced with Marjorie Taylor Greene, like attacking her and calling her out for what yeah. she is only strengthens her. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, so how do you, so normally you think like, well, let's, let's, you know, let's turn up the heat on her, uh, you know, in terms of like the media, in terms of like how we talk about her, let's talk about how extreme she is. That's not going to do anything like the, Mar- the Republicans in Congress, they're fine with her, but then Republicans will censure someone like, I guess, uh, like Liz Cheney or something mm-hmm. for, for denouncing Trump, like, like, yeah. So they I mean, so they're not going to touch her at all. And then the the attacks from the Democrats or the media don't only strengthen her. So what are you left with? How do you possibly solve a problem like Marjorie?
1: That's a really good question, and I don't think it can be solved, essentially, like you were saying, by posting, by writing articles, by, like, putting no. her in the spotlight or, or in the limelight, because the limelight is completely fused to entertainment and all of these other things. So, like you said, you just make her bigger. She's like a fucking streamer who's toxic. You just keep – she's just, like, people love to hate or they love to love. And if you're going to be hating her along lines of, like, like, Jewish space lasers, like, you're making her a meme. That meme will carry. That will carry I'm not saying don't fucking joke about space lasers or whatever. I'm not trying to say that. My point is you can't solve this within the spectacle. I hate to bring that fucking thing up again, but everything can be absorbed by it, and you're seeing it. It makes it more powerful. I mean, yeah, it's like, but at the rate things are going, because like, again, she has not
2: even been in office for a month right now. And she is a star. You know, I mean, she is. She She really I genuinely believe that if Trump doesn't run in 2024, she's the number one candidate.
1: Yeah, she'll certainly run. And we'll see what happens. It'll be a fascinating moment. uh, Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, it'll be our final moments. (laughs) As a podcast, for sure. I mean, you don't think you're going to be the first executed under her regime? Yeah,
2: I, I assumed. You know, I assume this is what's going to kill she's me. G- if, she's if, just. If, gonna it, s- if I could be killed
1: by Marjorie Taylor Greene
2: yeah. with that AR-15, she shot that at. Oh, that'd be a fit again to this project.
1: One day they're going to find the email that she sends, and it's just a list of everybody that she blocked and muted, and she sent that straight to the death squads.
0: <laughs> so, uh, for this week's sample from the Rakitansky files. Uh, <laughs> I uncovered a strange, a canceled uh, video game, actually, mm-hmm. that was uh, supposed to come out this year, but I guess because of poor reception to the last installment, it was canceled early on, but it was right. clear um, that the game designers had taken an interest in politics, and it's a little bit more reflected right. um, in this sort of iteration in, in different ways than, than in past. So
1: I'm uh, looking at it, and it's not really the format of a video game. It seems more like a kind of radio play. Yeah, well, I basically just, I played the
0: game, I played the game and then kind of um, (laughs) just sort of wrote my experience playing it and tried to translate it as... So you didn't
1: find it, you you
0: wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wrote the experience of me playing this (laughs) cancelled game that nobody... Which exists. Yeah, so without further ado, Mm -hmm. I bring you... Metal Metal Gear Gear, Travis. Travis, Travis, Travis. Travis Snake moved quietly, efficiently, down the long metal corridor. In his wake lay a trail of pro-QAnon influencers. Their metaphorical necks snapped in two after Snake had pointed out some significant flaws in their reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) Footsteps. Ah, Yes, finally a good roast of Travis' story. Footsteps. He hugged the wall, the cold steel grasping at him through his tactical suit, his finger hovering carefully over the trigger of his silent SOCOM USP-45 pistol. A guard casually slipped by, In their cone of vision, Snake could see a myriad of parlor tweets from Psycho Wood, an off-his-rocker attorney well-versed in ludicrous propaganda. The guard didn't even hear Travis coming. In lightning quick fashion, he placed his hands around the guard's neck, whipped out his phone, and tweeted a screenshot of the nonsense with devastating commentary and near-perfect precision. Merrill winced as the snap of the brittle vertebrae echoed down the cold, empty corridor. That's the last of them. You really are a true soldier, Snake. Snake nodded as he scanned his inventory then produced a pack of cigarettes, raised one to his lips, and lit it. He watched, unaffected, as his HP ticked down bit by bit. The sweet smoke filled his lungs before being exhaled with a heavy sigh, where it hung like a mist in the empty corridor. We have to warn the others. We're running out of time. Travis Snake had been on the battlefield most of his life. In his younger years, he had survived brutal firefights with young Earth creationists, forums upon forums, (laughs) message boards upon message boards, all festering with the stench of blood, death. In the following years after serving with the Green Berets, Snake had become a specialist in tactical replies and was deployed on hundreds of battlefields. This new enemy, however, the sons of Big Boss Baby, they called themselves, proved to be a tricky foe, despite their almost complete departure from reality. It had not been his decision to embark on this mission, He would have preferred someone a little younger, with more training, someone more equipped than a skeptical old soldier to tackle this new breed of enemy. But alas, not a single one of his peers had raised their hand when Colonel Campbell had asked their team to create a fake Twitter account (laughs) condemning the ex-Foxhound operative known as QAnon. Now he was stranded in this hellhole while some geek with glasses and an impressive array of professional recording equipment piped in suggestions (laughs) through his headset. Snake glanced over at Meryl. She had grabbed the fallen guard's sidearm and was pulling the slide back, ensuring a round was chambered. Snake, she whispered. Let's go. The pair rounded a corner into a large wide hallway with an exposed second level. Rusty metal railings ran from end to end beside large metal pillars that reached from floor to ceiling. Travis Snake stopped dead in his tracks. A single red laser beam stretched across the hallway from an unidentified contact. Snake watched in horror as the beam traveled down Meryl's body and centered on the text on her T-shirt. It read, Socialism. (laughs) A single bullet rang out, striking the hated word and lodging itself into Meryl's side. She gasped in pain and collapsed to the ground. Snake catapulted himself behind one of the columns, (laughs) trying to find a way to reach his friend. But the sniper had them pinned. The high caliber bullets whizzing by his head made it nearly impossible for Snake to reach Meryl. His heart sank as the blood drained from her body. Meryl, Snake cried. He needed to be sure she was even alive. Snake, Snake. Meryl cried weakly. I guess I'm a rookie rookie. after After all." all. He could tell her breathing was becoming labored. Time was running out. He had to think quick. Don't worry, Meryl. It's me they want, Snake exclaimed, trying to reassure his wounded friend. Even I know that, she replied faintly. It's the oldest trick in the book. The sniper is using me for bait to lure you out. Snake knew she was right. But that was good, he thought. In order for the bait to work, it needed to stay alive. It could buy Meryl some time. He glanced down at his mini-map, jammed. Meryl was losing more blood by the minute, her voice shaking, her words no longer making sense. I was a fool. I wanted to be a reply guy. Her voice began to falter. Tears streamed down the side of her face. But Twitter... Twitter is ugly. There's nothing glorious about it. As Meryl began to weep, Travis Snake could hear a dull ringing in the background. It was getting louder and louder. Snake! Save yourself! Don't forget forget me! The ringing was louder now, almost deafening. Snake snapped out of it. The sound had been reverberating from his transponder, which was glowing a bright yellowish-green with an incoming transmission. He clicked the radio on. A gruff voice squawked through from the other end. It was Colonel Roy Campbell. Snake! It's a trick! The sniper is trying to lure you out! Don't fall for it. (laughs) A female's voice, Naomi, patched in through the comms, interrupting the colonel. It must
1: be Sniper Wolf Taylor Green, Foxhound's best shooter. I know her. She can wait for hours, days, weeks to unblock you. It doesn't matter to her. Rumor has it she's just as strong as you are, Snake. Maybe stronger. I've heard she uses everyday hotel furniture to (laughs) to exercise her muscles.
0: The colonel piped back up. If Wolf Taylor Green is in the communications tower, she can see you perfectly. It's the classic sniper's position. You're going to need a sniper rifle. The comms channel blipped again, this time the soft face of a feminine man wearing glasses, his hair shaved into a mullet, <laughs> filled the screen. Snake held a gloved finger to his earpiece. Julienticon, what have you got? Snake, I've
1: located a sniper rifle in one of the garage hangars. If you can get to it... You just might have a chance.
0: Snake gritted his teeth and unfastened his pistol from the utility holster. I'm on my way. Travis Snake kicked off the wall, sliding backwards across the cold steel floor, firing a couple suppressing shots. <coughs> he pulled himself through a doorway at the south end of the corridor, the sniper's bullets ricocheting off the edge of the doorframe. Snake moved like a python through the hallways of the underground base his head on a swivel, his torso rotating systematically as he scanned each hallway for guards. He was nearly to the garage when a hand lashed out from one of the hallway doors, grabbing Snake's SOCOM pistol and trying to yank it from his hands. Snake quickly zeroed in on the guard. He was substantially shorter than the rest of the regime and noticeably more out of breath. In the struggle, his mask was pulled off, revealing a sweaty, desperate-looking Rudy Giuliani, who was attempting to discharge a last gasp of election conspiracy theory, firing two empty shots into a nearby crate of oranges. (laughs) Travis mashed the circle button, sending Snake into an elaborate kata complete with a spinning roundhouse that sent the guard flying into a shelf. He raised his SOCOM and fired off two scathing replies, causing the guard to slump over. Watermelons from the shelf above bounced out of their crate, pelting the guard over and over again. Silence. Snake waited a beat to make sure no one had heard the struggle, before continuing down the hallway towards the garage. As he entered through a side door, his heart sank. About fifty guards were gathered in the cluttered garage, listening to a commanding officer lecture them about why G.A.B. would be the weapons manufacturer of the future. But then Snake remembered something. He scrolled through his inventory until his cursor hovered over a cardboard box. He quickly slipped inside it and shuffled across the floor, edging closer to the exposed weapons crate. With a careful hand, he reached out from under the worn edge of the box and grabbed a PSG-1 sniper rifle and a handful of diazepam. He would need it to keep his hands from shaking with rage. Once out of the garage, a full magazine jutting out from the bottom of his PSG-1, Travis Snake carefully made his way back to where Meryl had been wounded. To his surprise, her body was gone. A trail of blood streaked across the ground. With the rifle raised, Snake slowly made his way down the large corridor following the trail. It ended at a large steel door on the other end of the hallway. Sniper Wolf Taylor Green was nowhere to be seen. With a heavy push, Snake opened the door, his face instantly stung by the freezing sleet pouring down from a stormy sky. All he could see was white droves of snow covering the ground. A spot of blood. The trail continued. He took a careful step when... blam! A sniper shot rang out. Snake dove behind one of the tall snowdrifts. Through the scope of his rifle, he finally saw her. A poised woman wearing a very (laughs) affluent-looking ski bunny jacket, lining her hood was no doubt real animal fur. She called out to Travis Snake from across the field. Travis Snake, you were a fool to come back here. I am Sniper Wolf Taylor Green, and you are my special prey. You think you could possibly remind people just how much crazier I was two years ago? Ha, I laugh at your naivete. No one will remember that scared, frightened woman. Only the assassin I have become. Would you like to die now or after your lady friend? Snake hesitated for a moment. He tightened his hand around the grip of the rifle. I'll die after you unblock me. Snake sprung out, popped a diazepam, and centered his sights on Sniper Wolf Taylor (laughs) Green. A shot rang out and careened off a metal post, missing its target. Damn. Snake yelled. All of a sudden, a flurry of poorly sourced and offensively racist <laughs> tweets exploded from the barrel of Taylor Greene's freakishly large rifle. One of the bullets struck Snake in the side, piercing his Kevlar. He was pinned. She was too fast, too powerful. Snake looked on in horror as his own blood began to stain the surrounding snow. If only Merrill were here to provide some sort of distraction, anything to get Taylor Greene to take her sights off him for a millisecond. And then he thought of something. He scanned through his inventory, once again hovering over the cardboard box. He equipped it, and began tearing it into individual squares. Using the blood from his wound, <laughs> he began to write large words on each cardboard sheet. Words he didn't think Sniper Wolf Taylor Green would like. Words like open borders, Green New Deal, and gun control. He darted across the field, planting each sign in the ground. It worked. He could hear Taylor Greene seething with anger as she took aim at the words she didn't like and began blasting each piece of cardboard one by one. Now was his chance. Snake raised the PSG-1, took aim, and fired a single lawsuit out of the barrel of the (laughs) rifle, firmly hitting Sniper Wolf Taylor Greene square in the chest. She fell backwards, dropping her rifle. Snake approached her cautiously. She was breathing heavy, her rifle a couple of yards away. I have been waiting for this moment. The life of a sniper. Always waiting. She coughed a couple of times. (coughs) I was born on the battlefield. Pain and suffering were my parents. Snake looked incredulous. I don't think that's true. Aren't you from Milledgeville? Pretty nice down there. (laughs) Green continued, not listening to Snake whatsoever. Each day, I would wake up wondering which of my friends had been murdered. By illegal immigrants. Snake again rolled his eyes. I don't think that's true either. She continued. It wasn't until he saved me. He made me a sniper. Snake looked down at his watch. This was dragging on. You mean Big Boss Baby? Donald John, (laughs) yes. He took care of me, nurtured me. Now I could see war not from the outside, but from the inside. I was able to hone my skills be the killer I had always known I was capable of becoming, but I have brought great shame to my people. Having to (laughs) unblock you, it tortures me. Her breathing slowed even further. I have been waiting for someone like you my whole life. Someone to challenge me, to be the first in my mentions reminding me of the crazy things i said only a short <coughs> while ago please reply to me one last time set me free
2: unsolved mystery who exactly designed the logo for marjorie taylor green's old conspiracy theory website which depicts a swole, anthropomorphic bald eagle wearing a skippy tank top and camo pants. I have a feeling the furry (laughs) Go ahead. I
0: have a feeling the furry art community might have some leads. (laughs) And with that, she was gone. The snow drifted down from the now peaceful sky, landing gently on the fallen sniper. Having honored her enemy's First Amendment rights, She had finally found what she'd been searching for all these years. Peace. The end.
1: Thank you for listening to another premium episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. It allows us to never run any ads and remain editorially independent. You can uh, watch our stream that we do twice a week on twitch.tv slash qanonanonymous at 6 p.m. PST on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you want to check out our website, qanonanonymous.com, you'll find everything you need there. Most of the questions that you DM me, you can find there. Also, sorry, I never answer anything anymore. There's, There's just too much. Forget it. Just expect me to never answer. I love you. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you. And keep you. It's not a
0: conspiracy. Yeah, to... It's a fact. And now, today's auto
1: Last night, the House voted to remove Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. All Democrats and 11 Republicans voted for the measure because of Greene's past embracing of conspiracy theories. Before that vote, the Congresswoman told the House she no longer holds some of those extreme views and now believes school shootings and the 9-11 attacks were Real. CBS News' Deborah Alfaron takes a look at how the lawmaker is reacting today.
0: Georgia Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene blasted Thursday's House vote, removing her from the education and budget committees. They actually stripped my
3: district of their voice. They stripped my voters
0: of having representation to work for them. 11 Republicans joined Democrats in the unprecedented rebuke of the freshman from Georgia for her past comments espousing conspiracy theories. Some she tried to walk back ahead of
3: Thursday's vote. School shootings are absolutely real. 9-11 absolutely happened.